Welcome to the What About series, where we talk about therapy topics in a highly condensed and easily digested way. Our goal is to help the average person understand some of the more complex or misunderstood aspects of the mental health world. Let's get right into it. All right, everybody, we are talking about DBT or dialectical behavioral therapy. And we talked about this in, I think it was our last What About series. Yeah, we discovered it randomly last, <laughs> yeah. last week. Yeah, <laughs> we discovered it and it's awesome. It's really great. Actually, yeah, it's actually yeah. a really cool modality. To yeah, use. yeah, we looked more into it. Because one of the things that we put in from an article in our last What About series said that DBT was good uh, to treat that. Mm -hmm. And what was it? Borderline personality yeah, disorder? It was originally created to treat borderline personality disorder. Yeah. Yeah. And so we we're like, what is DBT? Because we just didn't see it before we, we never started the episode. Before. Yeah. And so we just decided to do an episode about it. And it's actually awesome. So a little preface... Let's say if CBT and ACT had a baby, this is what one of their children would look like. DBT. We have A, C, <laughs> D, B, T, all these other yeah. letters. So DBT, dialectical behavior therapy. So I don't know why it's called dialectical behavioral therapy. I still haven't figured that out, but. Let's see what dialectical means, actually. Should we see? Let's do it. Yeah. Live search. Well, Enix searches that. Um, the main bulk of our episode comes from an article, as always, with these episodes or with different episode topics. We pull from some great articles online, since we ourselves have not yet published anything, but have a good understanding of these topics. It comes from, it comes from verywellmind.com. We've pulled a few different articles from that website. They're pretty yeah. good. It's a pretty good resource. So that's what we'll be pulling from today. But I think Enoch found what dialectical means. Okay, dialectical. Number one, relating to the logical discussion of ideas and opinions. Number two, concerned with or acting through opposing forces. Hmm, let's go with that one. That one, sound, that one yeah. makes more sense. Going through opposing forces. We'll call it going through opposing forces therapy. Yeah. That's what we'll call it. That's great. Going through G-T-O-F-T. Going yeah, through opposing it, forces therapy. That's what we're going to be calling it the rest <laughs> of the, the, um, the episode, so please keep track of that. Yep. JK, it's going to be... Rolling. <laughs> DBT, that's what it's called. Um, but yeah, what what it is, and like you said, this comes from the article, it it is a modified type of cognitive behavioral therapy, like Enoch was saying. It's like ACT and CBT, having a baby. And its main goals are to teach people how to live in the moment, develop healthy ways to cope with stress, regulate their emotions, and improve their relationships with others. And uh, if, if anyone remembers or listened to last week's episode on BPD or borderline personality disorder, you could see why this modality was created specifically for that because those are the mm -hmm. main things that people with borderline personality dis borderline personality disorder deal with are the, the stress, emotions, and relationships specifically. So that is why they created this. I don't know who, I can't remember who it was or the research that was based behind it, but it is a research-based modality, just like how ACT is and how CBT are. ACT is a little bit more, I think, than DBT is. Yeah. But it, that's what it is, and it's actually quite amazing. I really like it a lot. Yeah, I really like it too. And there's a basic outline or what would you want to say, like schedule Yeah, like a type thing. Uh, cycle, not cycle, but it's a for an outline, a framework. Yeah, framework. That's a good way to put it. So there's a basic framework 
for dbt and there's not really a starting point here i'm sure it would just all depend on the client and what the client needs but we'll start here first so the first six weeks is focusing on interpersonal effectiveness so how you handle relationships and how you act in social situations that's what you'll focus on with your therapist and during the first six weeks and then comes a two-week period of just mindfulness and i'm sure the therapist would uh, prescribe different uh, mindfulness activities to do You'd probably track the different meditations the mindfulness that the person is attempting to do at home things yeah. like that just make sure that it's a, a focus in the life of the yeah. client yeah so it goes six weeks of interpersonal effectiveness two weeks of mindfulness then we go to emotion regulation six weeks of that so how do you can regulate your emotions different ways to do that and then that's followed by two more weeks of mindfulness then after that second week or i guess second session of mindfulness we go to six more weeks of distress tolerance. So being able to cope with and handle stressful situations or things that bring you distress in life. And then it's ended with two more weeks of mindfulness. And we'll try and put this picture down in the show notes. We'll attempt to. Yeah, we'll attempt to. If anything, we'll just put like the Google Images link mm -hmm. to it. So you can take a look at it. Yeah, which would be really easy. But you'll see that this is a little circle, okay? With interpersonal effectiveness, emotion regulation and distress tolerance all within all on the outside of that circle and in between them is mindfulness but what's cool is in the middle of the circle is mindfulness so two weeks of mindfulness is in the middle of the circle this might sound really confusing so just look at the picture yeah <laughs> but this is just a great representation and visual of the focus of dbt which is really learning how to be mindful of your emotions and of really everything that gives you distress, of your relationships, of your emotions, and just being able to handle them through mindfulness. So mindfulness is at the core of DBT. Yeah, and it, I, I think the little icon, whatever you want to call it, the, the cycle looks like a life preserver because mm. for a lot of people that go through it, that's what it could be. And like how we said earlier. Oh, that, like the floaty thing. Yeah, the, okay. like you're, like you're okay. at the pool. Yeah. The lifeguard's going to throw it at you. It's like a circle with the red lines. I didn't know that. that's what that yeah. was called. But life I, preserver, yeah. yeah. Cool. Okay. Or a life ring. I don't know what to call it. But that's that's what I thought it looks like. And so it looks kind of like life preserver. Red and white floaty it, thingy. It's a, yeah, floaty thingy. <laughs> yeah, lifeguard floaty thingy. Um, but that's how it could be. And like we said earlier, it was originally developed to help with um, borderline personality disorder. But it has been proven to help people with um, other self-destructive behaviors such as um, like eating disorders substance abuse disorders and other just addictive addictive use disorders things like yeah. that really anything that's self-destructive that's why I, of course borderline personality disorder is pretty self-destructive but so can uh, eating disorders and uh, addictive behaviors and it has also been used to treat PTSD that's what I found as well. And so, cool. And you could see how those things could be benefited. Those problems could stand to benefit from learning how to regulate emotions and yeah. tolerate stress and increase your interpersonal effectiveness, all based around mindfulness. You could kind of put that together. And so, now what we're going to do again, this episode's a little bit different from previous What About series because we're talking about something different, but we're just going to go through the four different aspects of the 
framework. I guess that's what yeah. we call it. The DBT framework. framework, yeah. And of course, since the core is mindfulness, we're going to start what start with mindfulness. And this comes straight from the article. It says that one important benefit of DBT is the development of mindfulness skills. For oh, sorry, mindfulness helps you focus on the present or live in the moment. This helps you pay attention to what you're what is happening inside your thoughts, feelings, sensations, and impulses, as well as your senses, to tune into what is happening around you in non non judgmental ways. And so that's why we say that it's if it's dad is CBT, then it's mom is ACT because that is the entire foundation of what ACT is, being able to tune into what hap- what's happening around you in non-judgmental ways and to live in the moment, to stay present, yeah. to contact the present moment fully. And that's why it's at the at the core of the modality, at the core mm-hmm. of the framework, and is focused on in between it every cycle, I guess. In every, between every like, transition to session. Transition, thing, yeah, yeah, whatever you want to call it, because it uh, helps ground you to what's most important. It's the kind of the, it's like the anchor to the entire framework, I guess. Yeah. It is the framework to the framework. Oh my goodness. I love that. Inception. (laughs) (laughs) Frameworkception. (laughs) But I love how you just said anchor because that's what mindfulness says, right? Like Mm -hmm. we've talked about in previous episodes, how mindfulness isn't to get rid of these issues. It's simply to anchor yourself in the storm and let them pass. And DBT, there's definitely a lot more act in this than there is CBT. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll point out the aspects of CBT in here as well and give our thoughts. But so mindfulness is at the core. We now want to go to, let's see, we'll start with distress tolerance. And again, there's no particular order that these can go in as far as I'm concerned. From what I found, I don't think there is. Yeah. Yeah. It's just really up to the client and the therapist to decide what's best for them. So distress tolerance, this is from the article, distress tolerance techniques help prepare you for intense emotions and empower you to cope with them with a more positive long-term outlook. And this is really big in the addiction side of things, right? Because usually when someone is using a substance, they are using that to cope with distress. That is their um, coping mechanism that they use. Now, some of the things that they focus on in DBT, as far as distress tolerance goes, are distraction. So distracting you from whatever is triggering you or whatever is causing the stress, improving the moment. You can do that through different tools like mindfulness. You have self-soothing. And then thinking of the pros and cons of not tolerating distress, which is an interesting one. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting as well to like see where you would be if you weren't tolerating what was happening to you. It's kind of like uh, the STAR acronym that mm-hmm. we talked about in a couple episodes ago. STAR and FEW. When, you're, when you get angry, you need to stop and think about what would happen if you did what you're about to do if you did get angry if and you lose did get control. angry and lose control yeah so that's kind of the equivalent to that yeah it's i never thought about stress in that way before that you need to think about what would happen if you allowed yourself to continue to be stressed and to let it control you like where where is that going to take you is it going to take you to a a good place or a bad place probably a bad place but yeah and i guess one thing that i wanted to point out is it 
it talks about distress tolerance, not distress elimination. Right. Because like you yeah. were saying with substance abuse, it's typically to avoid or an attempt to get rid of unpleasant feelings, mainly stress. Yeah. Like the, the typical, stereotypical use of alcohol is to come home and de-stress with the right. beer on the couch or wine, wine, down. wine during dinner or like maybe a bender over the weekend, getting really drunk, binge drinking to forget or to, I mean, the, the excuse is to de-stress, but yeah. you always end up the same amount of stress as you were as soon right. as you get out of the hangover. Um, that's a different topic for a different day. But anyways, um, I like how it says it's tolerance, not elimination, because mm-hmm. it's learning how to deal with mm-hmm. your problems rather than allowing yourself to the quote unquote self-care. <laughs> that's what people call it sometimes yeah. do, to eliminate stress in an unhealthy way. Yeah. I think that's really important too, and that's definitely an act part of it. How and CBT, I mean, both modalities realize and notice that distress, stressful moments, negative thoughts, and stuff are inevitable, and they're always going to be there. They're always going to mm-hmm. happen, and there's no point in trying to completely get rid of the stressful situation or the things that cause distress, because that's just not realistic. It's not workable. It's not helpful. And it's not possible, quite frankly. And so learning to tolerate it using helpful coping mechanisms is going to be the most effective way to do that in the long run. Yeah, the only way to eliminate stress would be to take out the stress part of your brain, which you need to survive. Yep. So, sorry, you're going to have to deal with stress the rest of your life. Sorry. Unfortunately. I guess now we can move on to the next sort unit of next unit i don't know what to call it next aspect Section, of dbt aspect, yeah um, which is interpersonal effectiveness another quote from the article interpersonal effectiveness effectiveness helps you become more assertive in a relationship for example expressing your needs and being able to say no while still, still keeping a relationship positive and healthy you will learn to listen and communicate more effectively deal with challenging people and respect yourself and others that's something that i feel like i could do i could stand to to improve from i guess because I have a hard time saying no, especially like at work. My boss yeah. asks me to do certain things I just don't want to do, but I'll say yes because I know he wants me to say yes. And I doubt he's listening because he doesn't know I do this. But <laughs> sometimes I, you just do things that you, you don't want to do. Yeah. And I'm a very yeah. easygoing, unassertive person when it comes to that. And um, it puts me in some really tough mental situations. I just do things I don't want to do. And it really mm. makes me anxious. And um, th- that ability to say no, I think, is a really important thing. To, to that you're, that you're worth saying no. And that other people's needs aren't more important than yours. And so you can say no. Right. I think it's a hard thing for a lot of people to, to pick up, especially if you're like me, when you put other people's needs way above yours. Hmm. Yeah. And when you do that, and that's a good thing. I think that's a really effective thing to do, um, being empathetic and it can help you find meaning in life. But when you when that's like your default setting and that's all you do, I think that can be really dangerous. And for me, I've seen it be very just unhelpful to always be doing yeah. that. And so that, that ability... To do that, I think, is it a very good skill to learn? Yeah, it's a balanced thing, right? Yeah, like you can put other people's other people's needs above yours, as long as you're also taking care of yourself. Yeah, it's like you, the analogy of putting the mask on yourself before you put it on another person, and like yeah. in the airplane, you always yeah. have to do that first. As long right. as your needs are being met first, then you can move on to other people. Yeah, I th- yeah, I think that's a cool thing that this. That's what the biggest thing that I liked about learning about DBT is that can it teaches people to do that. And um, also communicating healthily because especially it says deal with challenging people and respect others and in, in yourself because it can be kind of stressful and um, difficult to deal with challenging people. 
and you can almost blame yourself. I would probably blame myself in that situation. Hmm. But I think that's an effective thing that a lot of people could stand to benefit from learning how to deal with challenging people. Yeah, because there's no point in trying to get rid of those people. Yeah. I mean, you can remove yourself from those situations and get those people out of your life, but sometimes you can't. If they're a coworker, the only way to really get them out of your life would be to quit. And a lot of the times, you're not in, you're not in a position to do that. So learning to deal with these unhelpful, aggravating people is going to be a good thing because we all, I'm sure, you can take three seconds right now one, two, three, you can think of people who in your life are very annoying, people that aggravate you, and so learning to deal with them. Yeah, and life is going to be full of people like that, even our family, the people that we love most. And like you said, we could pull ourselves out of those relationships, but we need relationships. We need need those people, like especially if that person that's challenging is your spouse. I was going to say, what if it's your spouse? Exactly. You can't just, I mean, you could, you could just pull yourself out of the relationship, get divorced and, or just stay in the marriage and pull yourself out and have a distant marriage. But what good is that going to do in the long run, especially if you still care for that person, even though they might be challenging. Yeah. So I I think that's an important skill to learn. And it's cool that DBT specifically addresses that as part of its main framework, its main focus. Yeah, I really like that. Mm -hmm. You can see why DBT is just fire. It's awesome. Yeah. (laughs) It's great. So the last section here. So remember, in between all of these two, there's two weeks of mindfulness. So mindfulness is all throughout this as well. So the last session or section here, because this, every section, except for the mindfulness, these are six weeks long, so a month and a half. So the last one here is emotion regulation. So emotion regulation lets you navigate powerful feelings in a more effective way. The skills you the skills you learn will help you to identify, name, and change your emotions. Now, all of that is awesome and very important, but you can see here's the CBT side of things, especially when it comes to changing your emotions. Mm-hmm. CBT is all about focusing on your emotions, changing them, your stinking thinking, get it out of here and to fight them and to use positive affirmations, different things like that to get rid of them. To challenge them and to yeah. replace them. Yep. Yeah. Challenge and replace your thoughts. And that can be effective for some people, but in the long run, it's been proven to not be as effective mm-hmm. as learning to live with them and to accept them. It's a, it's almost like a short-term fix. CBT is, and it can be used in a bind, but like you yeah. said, it's, it's not a long-term solution to complex issues. Yeah. And again, this is all flexible according to what the client needs. Exactly. Yeah. And so if the client does really well with challenging emotions, facing them head on, then that's definitely an option that the therapist and client can do together. Mm -hmm. But also you can focus on accepting emotions and learning to live with these strong emotions in a healthy way. Yeah. If that's what the client prefers. Yeah. So it's it's not it's this isn't a rigid modality. I mean, any modality really shouldn't be rigid, in my opinion, because everyone is yeah. yeah, Everyone is so different, so unique, that you're gonna have to apply and stretch form these modalities in different ways to fit the client. Absolutely. Amen. Well hope you learned something today. Um, about dbt i know i definitely did leading up to this episode yeah. um a week ago i had no idea what it was 
and now I, I do and I really like it. And so if you feel like that you have issues in your life where you maybe have a hard time with your interpersonal effectiveness, maybe you're like me and have a hard time asserting yourself and maybe you have a hard time with your stress tolerance and that really affects your day-to-day life or maybe you just want to learn more about mindfulness and how that can help with your emotional regulation. And if that's the case, your therapy choice might be DBT. So maybe you could look into your local area. There's so many resources out there to find local therapists. Yeah. Um, I mean, you could just Google search therapist near me and there's going to be all types of search engines and betterhelp.com. It's a fire place to go. Yeah. Betterhelp is a really good place to do yeah. that. And, um, when you are reading the summary of your therapist, or maybe if you reach out to them, you could ask if they do DBT and they know how to yeah. do it. If they're, I don't know if you need to be certified in it or not, but if they've been trained in it and then maybe you could do, do this little framework, get in this little cycle that is DBT, because I think it could really be like, I would want to do it. That's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. I'd, I'd want to try it out and go through it. Yeah. I'd love to try it out. Cause it looks like it's a total of 24 weeks. So that's about half a year almost. Yeah, six, that's a, I want to say that's a typical time frame for therapy because it's different for everybody. Some people it's three visits, other people yeah. it's like five years. Yeah. But that's a, that's a pretty, I'd say it's a common length of therapy to yeah. learn some really good skills and to learn some good, um, I don't know, just to come out on top of your, your challenges. I think that'd be a good amount of time to do so. Yeah. And I mean, depending on the client, depending on the like seriousness of the issues, I'm sure that the weeks could be cut in half. This could be a modality that can be done in half that time. Yeah, especially if you have like on a and, budget and you can't go right. for that long. Yeah. 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 So again, this is a very flexible, pliable modality that can be used. And I think it's great. I mean, it addresses three main topics in the human experience that can cause distress, like your social life, unhelpful emotions, and unhelpful situations that can mm-hmm. cause a lot of stress and mindfulness is at the center and so you know us we love this yeah it's great because mindfulness has been proven to help in so many ways and so anything that has the center of mindfulness is is pretty is, is certified by me it's gonna be fire yeah <laughs> it's gonna be certified by me too certified fire by enoch and austin <laughs> so yeah maybe yeah. you have some type of substance abuse disorder so maybe you have bpd maybe you just have some everyday issues that you want help with yeah maybe dbt is your friend maybe you should give it a shot find out a therapist near you who can practice it and help you with it yeah if anything you're gonna come out with some pretty awesome mindfulness skills it sounds like and that is gonna be worth every penny i can promise you that yeah i agree so if you like this episode please leave a rating and review and if you do know anyone that could benefit from this episode in particular or anyone any other of our episodes then Please share it with them, spread the love, spread the word, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, guys. What about, what about therapy? What about, what about therapy? What about, what about therapy? Yeah. What about, what about therapy? What about, what about therapy? What about, what about therapy? What about therapy? What about what about therapy? What about what about therapy? What about what about therapy? Yeah.